Hi, welcome to the Getting More Students podcast, the podcast if you are a language school owner or a tutoring company and you're trying to get more students and do that either through better marketing, better service, better experience um, and better sales. And I'm here with my co-host Herbert Gitzer. Hi Alex, great to be here again. Absolutely. Now Herbert, um, we've got quite uh, a fun topic actually. We're doing a little bit of context setting, trying to Mm. figure out where we're at. Uh, uh, At this particular moment, we're in the start of April and we're looking back on the year past, which is (laughs) the year of COVID effectively, um, being obviously the the biggest game changer to the scene. And what we want to do on today's podcast is not just reflect a little bit back on what trends are like still very present and very current. Mm But also look towards the future. What, what are the, the big kind of macro trends, uh, from both, um, I guess, uh, uh yeah, that macro high level uh, uh, across everything, looking yeah. at a more sector level, like what is impacting language schools and tutoring companies? And then also at a marketing level, you know, what, what is impacting, um, what we do in terms of trying to get more students? Absolutely. And I mean, so much has changed uh, in the past year. And yeah, I mean, language schools and tutoring companies have really had to adapt to this new way of learning and uh, also promoting their services. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, I know from speaking to a lot of language schools that uh, a lot of them are struggling, especially in-person uh, language schools or language travel schools i mean uh, many of them have gone out of business <laughs> that's is, right it's such a shame absolutely and it's it's because there's been just such a such a massive change in such a small amount of time now we're going to have some people that are listening that are maybe language school owners we're going to have some people that are listening that are online language school owners or tutoring companies and we've got others that maybe been even face-to-face tutoring companies so yeah. we'll have a, a, a different listener here but the one group that we might start off with are the physical language school owners because they've probably been the hardest hit out of any group Absolutely. I can think of. Yeah. Um, one of those things that remains a major, let's call it a, maybe even a potentially short-lasting trend, which is you know the impact of COVID-19 on physical language schools. Um, why is this such a big impact? Well, COVID-19 has forced so many national governments to continue with lockdowns, whether they be a persistent lockdown or even just sort of a, I guess, a circuit breaker every now and again to kind of try and keep their healthcare systems uh, able to deal with with the overload. So we're seeing lockdowns having a big impact. We've got some really interesting trends that I think we're very much at the beginning, which we knew that we were going to have to deal with, with which is with vaccines. Um, mm. uncertainty there on how, not necessarily how effective they'll be, but more if they're effective, how many people will take them and then will that have the result that most people are hoping, which is a return back to normal activity. Mm. And, and again, the biggest result there is the travel restrictions. And, and again, the kind of, it's going from travel hard restrictions probably towards travel hesitation. Is that a short or a long term trend? I think there's some really, I think there's some some interest there. You know, uh, are we going to have a bit of a hangover effect, or are we actually going to fully just break out of it and suddenly it's just a massive boom time? Everyone wants to go travelling and everyone feels confident to do so. Yeah, I mean, 
I feel that the the demand is there uh, for, for for language travel, uh, but obviously with restrictions in place and some countries maybe having or introducing vaccine passports, uh, it's it's a bit of a hassle to travel these days. And so, um, yeah, people are going to think twice before traveling internationally, and obviously that's not not good, still not good news for the for the industry. That's right. That's right. So that's I, I think we certainly see that as probably being the biggest um, change. And I think actually it's, that's pretty, very much felt on the physical language um, school market. Now, one of the interesting things was when we also kind of look at just sort of online language schools and online tutoring companies who are in a way that's the beneficiary. Right. So if everybody mm-hmm. is learning online then the natural beneficiaries are those that are best set up for that and one thing i I thought was quite interesting and certainly from the conversations i've had uh, and more so with with those that uh, run a brick and mortar kind of school or tutoring company is the sense of oh wow there's this massive change and now we're doing everything online and doing all this online learning and one of the reasons i find that quite an interesting one is actually this was going on for a very long time um, so, you know, with my business and LearnCube, and since we help particularly online language schools and, uh, and tutoring companies, we've, you know, this has been, this is obviously something that's been going on for a very long time. People have been trying to deliver online teaching ever since Skype started in 2004, or even if you look at machine-powered kind of t- uh, instruction tools like, you know, language learning apps or tutoring apps or those things. Probably since what 2008, when the iPhone yeah. sort of popularized this ability to learn on the go. But th- these are not. So this is not a 2020 trend. This is a. This has been around for a very long time, um, and there there are some players that have been there for such a long time that they have become those new incumbents. I think that's kind of curious in itself. Like some of the the biggest companies. Uh, before COVID-19 were brick and mortar um, companies. And now it, it sort of feels like there's been a game ch- changer, but it's mainly because so many people are learning online and then the incumbents that were online have become even bigger. How does that feel to you, Herbert, also sort of looking from your perspective? Oh, it's, it's exactly the same thing, uh, in, especially in my, my area of online advertising. A lot of, a lot of, uh, lang- language companies and tutoring businesses, especially the brick and mortar ones, were kind of resistant to change and were a bit skeptical about, you know, online marketing or investing a lot in online marketing pre-COVID. And now with this digital transformation, there's no, no way out of it, right? They're, they're forced uh, into this, this situation where they have to find new ways of, uh, promoting, of finding new audiences, uh, and new students. So, um, I, I saw a meme <laughs> a while ago, uh, and, and it, it had, uh, what, uh, propelled the digital transformation of your company? A, the CEO, B, the CTO, or C, COVID-19. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I think uh, that applies to quite quite a number of uh, uh, companies and businesses out there. That's absolutely right. So uh, I think what we're kind of acknowledging is that, uh, and I think it's well said by so many others, which is we're seeing the trends that were already in, a, in existence accelerating massively. Mm. Uh, and that is really 
made the landscape feel very different in such a short amount of time. And there's some really interesting other trends that I think are, let's call them short term, but we really don't know where they'll go, like how much of a hangover will we have. So, for example, Mm -hmm. we've got some that probably have a duration around them. So national tutoring programs that are being pushed out, certainly one in the UK. Um, Other countries are also having a look at whether they might need to do something extraordinary in order to have their students catch up where we may or may not. Do we have a boom? Do we have a recession? I think at the moment Mm. there's two sort of ways that it could play out. Uh, And and I don't think anyone's got a crystal ball, but certainly, Mm. you know, who would have thought that we're going to see, we're seeing one of the biggest surges on in stock markets and, in recent in recent history, straight after a pandemic, I mean, again, yeah. those are it's a do we call that a trend, a blip, a surge? Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, I mean, it, it's that K-shaped recovery, right? I mean, some yeah. some industries really are you know, uh, profiting from from the the current situation. Others, you know, are just uh, uh, declining. You know, tourism and and you know, unfortunately brick brick and mortar, a lot of brick and mortar businesses. But yeah. um, yeah, I mean, recession, who knows, you know? Uh, yeah. but I guess everyone needs to prepare for what is what might come. But I guess, and that sort of gets us into the next part of our our conversation today is kind of looking at those trends in a more what are the long lasting trends mm-hmm. in existence, and what can we kind of learn from our current situation, and kind of going back to this this kind of K-shaped recovery that obviously shows massive opportunity and also some risks. So if you're, you know, let's say that you are looking for, let's say you're in in tutoring, you know, some of the customers that you were going for may not feel like they're able to, to, to get into tutoring, whereas whole new opportunities might have now arisen from that, um, that opportunity. So, some some of your customers might have done, you know effectively prospered over this last year, and so might be willing to do more tutoring, whereas others, yeah, as we all know, might have found it really really hard, and found that there's you know that they have to discontinue. So how do you direct your marketing so that you're getting more of the students that there's a fit for the the service or product that you want to deliver? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, everyone, all types of businesses have had, have had to update their buyer persona, right? Um, because that's changed over, over the last year, especially uh, when going online. You know, your target audience uh, pre-COVID uh, is might not even be the same uh, target audience right now. So if you're offering an on- online service, you're going to have to look, okay, who is buying this? Who can uh, buy it and who needs it? Uh, and adjusting your marketing, your offer uh, to that new audience. I think that's certainly going to be the main insight of this conversation. But before we kind of jump into that um, that outcome, I think it's kind of maybe curious for us all to kind of also relook at the trends that, again, were already there mm-hmm. and are only accelerating in a big way. And some of the, the ideas that we had was you know, technology is a natural one. So is technology a new trend? No, absolutely not. But, I mean, think about there's been massive advances, even just in terms of the accessibility of, of data and Internet and, and even the, the, the price points that are now offered. That's changed a lot, which has opened a whole lot of new potential 
purchases for tutoring and language services if they're able to access online. Um, mobile has improved. Again, not a new trend, but developed rapidly. Cloud services, real-time communication services, you know, courses, apps, you know, software like... Online courses everywhere <laughs> and, and apps everywhere, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So there's been this huge um, acceleration on all of the fronts uh, when it comes to technology. And I see that absolutely being long-lasting. I don't see there being a reversion. Uh, no. It's just about getting more convenient, more efficient, more effective, smarter technology. Uh, but probably one thing that has changed in technology is the, uh, and I think it's a good thing, the increased expectation and standards of technology. You know, people have, have greater expectations of um, what technology should do for them, particularly in the learning space. So, you know, ourselves as technology providers, you know, everyone's having to raise the game um, raise and raise the, the bar. Yeah. Mm. So no, it's quite interesting. Skype and Zoom won't won't do these won't do these days. You know, they everyone wants more personalized interfaces, uh, a, a user friendly uh, experience. Um, yeah, just just more. I think even personalization is another trend that's always been. I mean, it, it's not gone away. And I think mm. always the promise of technology is how can we. Um, keep the costs either the same or lower, but provide a more personalized, better experience right. uh, for every user. I think we're also, I mean, one of the ones that we were talking about that I think is, again, like, can you look in a crystal ball? You know, the rise of China. I think it's fascinating. Particularly, we were like, hey, is this relevant to getting more students? And certainly for, you know, if you're teaching uh, teaching languages, it's naturally one of the biggest source of students for brick and mortar, you know, physical schools. Um, or it's, uh, you know, for international education, it's one of the biggest sources of students. Uh, online, it's one of the biggest markets in the world. So naturally, that's going to have a very big impact. And um, one of the other aspects that sort of comes from that is not just the the demand side, hey, there's this huge pool of students that are becoming increasingly integrated uh, online. But actually, are they becoming more integrated? We've got the reaction of the US against sort of you know, what's going on in terms of them wanting to uh, you know, maintain a kind of uh, number one position. And there's all the kind of symptoms of, of that kind of dynamic. And all of the people and allies and countries that all are now needing to make Various choices. Australia, I'm a New Zealander, and Australia has obviously had some really big repercussions of of choosing um, where they, you know, who they're supporting, and I, I think that's really fascinating, even from an education perspective. Absolutely, yeah, um, and and of course the competition uh, in in China, you know, the the domestic competition from Chinese learning companies uh, is is huge, so. If, uh, you know, learning companies want to, you know, target and infiltrate that, that market, they're going to have to take a, a very strategic approach and, and change a lot of kind of throw, throw everything out the window in terms of what they, they, they use for marketing and how, how they offer their services and really do it based on, uh, what their Chinese audience, uh, wants and how they kind of use, uh, technology. And how they can differentiate. So a lot mm. of 
Chinese companies. I mean, even if you look at um, some of the other sector trends, you know, including venture capital, like most of the largest education ed tech companies are coming out of Asia. Um, huge, huge companies. And so they have vast resources, both on the technological front and the scale side of things. Um, in terms of their sales machine, it's, it's vast. So I think when people are thinking about marketing and, and, you know, where they're going to get their students, if, if China was the main source that they expect to get students from, okay, how do we go about that? Might have changed quite significantly over right. the last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, marketing in China has, has always been, uh, you know, challenging, uh, mm-hmm. just because they, you know, you, you kind of play by different rules and you use different platforms and, uh, yeah. And, and, and now I guess the, the competition is even stronger with these, with these, uh, billion dollar Chinese, uh, learning companies that are just, uh, you know, gaining market share every day. Absolutely. And the, the interesting thing is it's not, I think those billion dollar valuations are not now sort of finding their way into other countries. Duolingo is another example oh, yes. of mm-hmm. a what, $2.4 billion company. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go Student just the other day in the tutoring space raised 70 million euro. Um, so, you know, Which that's so fascinating because I mean, online tutoring, it's an online tutoring company, but online tutoring isn't new. <laughs> it's, it's been around for, for a decade, but, uh, well, decades. Uh, yet they've been able to really find their niche, you know, within that space. Yeah, and I think you're just seeing it again and again. Where I think what's quite interesting in the tutoring space, and I think we can learn from that in languages as well, is you know each country is different, um, and it has its own peculiarities about what they like and what they don't like. So again, we can kind of learn from that. In the tutoring space, one of the things that is quite interesting. Rather than it being subject led, which, you know, for example, you can learn English anywhere potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're wanting to learn math, for example, it might be based on a particular country's curriculum. Right. Uh, and we're already seeing also some trends of regional solidarity in a way. So regions coming together, you know, for certainly I think we saw lately in some of the Southeast Asian countries, um, joining together and maybe saying, hey, you know, I think Singapore and some of the other com- countries, maybe I think uh, uh, Cambodia and a few of the other countries were saying, hey, let's have a similar curriculum in certain areas. You know, will that be an ongoing trend? So some really interesting things to look out for in the trends that are affecting, as we say, kind of at that macro level, impacting everybody, all industries but perhaps in different ways and then also at the sector level of online tutoring or language education there's some really big changes in there and so what we were going to spend the last part of our conversation on was on the marketing trends um i was interested in maybe sort of breaking this up in a few ways Hmm. the first is i think we're seeing a big change in who's responsible for getting students Right. Uh, certainly in the language education space and certainly when it comes to physical language schools, which you know very well, Herbert, what's been your view on how what trends are, are there for brick and mortar in person language schools? Got it. I mean, you know, pre pre COVID, uh, most or many uh, 
physical language schools or traditional language schools, you know, have heavily relied on education agents um, to provide them with students. Yeah. Uh, a very important relationship in the international education space. And of course, today, uh, e- even more important. But I guess um, with the, the crisis uh, coming into play, uh, language schools felt the need to, I guess, take over more responsibility for their direct-to-consumer marketing, um, especially at the beginning of the pandemic when, uh, at least from what I uh, heard from, from language schools, agents didn't really like the, the prospect of offering online courses, which meant language schools were basically on their own in terms of you know, get finding and getting and acquiring their, their, their students themselves. And so they really needed to adapt quite quickly to online marketing, uh, which a lot of traditional language schools had never embarked on or never you know, experimented with. And so, you know, the prospect of how do I run Google ads or Facebook ads or, you know, what's TikTok? Um, do I need an Instagram profile? You know, these, these were all questions um, that needed answering very quickly. And and so there's been a, a huge boom in terms of online marketing for for language schools and finding those platforms that really work for them and uh, increasing their yeah, d- direct to consumer business. I imagine there were some changes also for tutoring companies, yeah, you because know, they might have had um, channels that were really reliant on people maybe coming in person or talking to people or, or even just think about the conversations. The conversations changed. Anyone that was relying on in-person conversations, whether it even be friends and maybe, uh, networks within schools or anything like that, that might have changed because those, there wasn't a physical location to have those conversations. No. Therefore, those conversations and those referrals could only happen online. And so what were the communities that that sort of created those referrals and created the, the reviews, which, again, a lot of um, education companies rely on to get their, their customers and get an, uh, ongoing customers, of course. Exactly, yeah. And you know, they, they had to find other ways of kind of keeping that kind of a referral or word-of-mouth business, whether that be through... Facebook groups or forums or some sort of uh, lo- loyalty program. I mean, email marketing, obviously a huge, huge thing uh, now that, that yeah. uh, you know, there's no face-to-face networking. So, yeah, I mean, training companies and language schools really had to reinvigorate their whole online marketing strategy uh, to figure out how to thrive in this challenging uh, era, (laughs) so to say. Uh, One thing I think seems quite clear is it's very important, if not essential, that anyone that's listening to this, if they're running a tutoring company or uh, or language school online or in person, online marketing is a major, it's an an absolute essential kind of skill to have. It's a must. It's an absolute must. You either need to acquire the skills yourself mm-hmm. or hire someone um, or outsource it to you know, a marketing agency uh, to do it for you, really. Oh. Um, th- those are your, your two options. But uh, you, you, you absolutely need to be able to promote and market your school and your courses, your, your offerings online in a way that is profitable and yeah. reaching your target audience. That's right. And, and there might have been some – I mean, what are some of the trends – 
And again, a lot of these trends we were talking about before, Herbert, you said yeah. kind of there already, but they've just been put into hyperdrive and probably also with a lot more competition. What were some right. of the trends in online marketing that were occurring? Sure. I mean, even in the past, user-generated content was was at the forefront. I mean, not not only is it easier for uh, schools because um, they don't have to create the content themselves uh, and their marketing teams, but it is just more authentic. You are seeing real students, real teachers uh, from their perspective, uh, either through videos or photos or stories and testimonials. Uh, being able to leverage UGC, as we like to call it, user-generated content, is absolutely crucial these days in order to show, you know, potential students, you know, what is your language school like? What is the the journey that they're going to take with your school? The transformation that they're going to make, um, and also to build social proof and trust. So, user-generated content is definitely um, a huge thing that that really any any business should be using. That's right, and and also that trust factor is is there regard you know if you have an in person student that you need to kind of meet, they're still going to look online like regardless Absolutely. of whether the service is delivered online or in person. Particularly when you, I mean, again, these are not new trends; they're just being no. put into hyperdrive over the last year because that was the only real way to do that. But think about you know Google reviews is one example. Like um, before, you kind of hit the pay button, am I going to check out reviews of a particular service or you know, um, company that I'm going to be wanting to use? Even at a person, people might just put in the person's name and, and, and Google, but all of these things are making online marketing a lot more important at every part of that funnel from I'm aware of a company mm-hmm. to I'm in the, deci- in the decision-making process. Yeah, and that that build the trust uh, phase has become even more important, uh, you know, with the surge of new activity online and new companies offering online products. People have become a little more skeptical when it comes to online marketing just because they're being bombarded all the time with ads and ads for all types of products. So having, again, user-generated content, uh, leveraging video marketing, which is also very important to show kind of the behind the scenes of your business, uh, who's behind the business, um, your teachers, your tutors, the, your students, uh, the, the content that you use in your classes, um, how your online, online classes work, et cetera, et cetera, is, uh, really a way to build that social proof and trust. And, um, you know, another big question that, that I often get from, uh, you know, customers is, you know, what kind of platform should should I use? Should I be on everything? Should I be on Snapchat, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Facebook, Instagram, or do I uh, stick to one or two? And new platforms are popping up all the time. Now we have TikTok. Now we have Clubhouse. And you know, it's it's really uh, challenging to make the right decision as to you know, should I adopt this now? Is it worth spending the time and the resources uh, to make it worthwhile and reach my customer. Um, and I'm always a fan of you know, keeping things simple and making sure that you are active, uh, consistently active on the one, two, maybe even three platforms where your users are spending the most time online. And that is different, of course, for every uh, 
tutoring business or language company. Um, if you're in the B2B space and you're selling uh, courses or, or tutoring to companies, then you know, Instagram is probably not the platform for you. You might have to look at LinkedIn and uh, developing your um, kind of authority there through valuable content. Uh, it might be YouTube, but uh, if you're targeting Gen Z, for for example, then you know a TikTok strategy could be very useful. You know, short, fun videos showing your students or your teachers or um, your school. Yeah, it's, I think that's one of the rather than feeling like this is a negative thing, I think that's the exciting thing is that there are mm. opportunities. And for the same reason that it seems like, hey, do I take a punt on a new platform? I'm not <laughs> suggesting you do or don't, but there's an opportunity there regardless. There's probably Absolutely. for the same reason that maybe you're like, oh, do I do it? Do I not do it? Some of the big, com- you know, your biggest competitors might also be going, oh, do I do it? Maybe I'll just stick with this, the, the one that I'm on. And then that might give you the breathing space to be able to find you know, a, a new market. That you know that you can really excel, and so I think again, lots of interesting and kind of positive <laughs> things to look forward to. So, yeah. um, as as this digital space develops and and new innovation and platforms come out, uh, yeah, you've got to you got to really decide um, where to invest your uh, time and resources um, wisely. That's right. So, Herbert, I've really enjoyed today's conversation. We've we've talked about the context where we find ourselves in at sort of this point in time, which is in the the start of quarter two of 2021. Um, we are looking at what are short term trends. Um, we're looking at what are the long term trends. We've really talked um, uh, at the sector level, at the macro level, and we're finally just seeing all of these marketing trends as well. So lots of things to take in here, and I really hope you as our listeners have enjoyed it. Um, we've enjoyed um, passing all of this uh, this conversation to you. Uh, this is a newer podcast for us, so firstly, thank you very much for listening in. We're going to be releasing a new episode once a week, so please hit that subscribe button to this podcast so you get a shiny new episode each week. And we're going to continue to deliver on our promise, which is to help language schools and tutoring companies just like you. We're wanting to provide insights, inspiration and motivation, particularly on getting more students on marketing and on the the, the surrounding topics that help you drive your business. So stay up to date um, and please, again, hit that subscribe button and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks again. Catch you in the next one.